This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey guys, you want to know what's happening at Write From Deep? Well, here you go. And first and foremost, a big thank you to our patrons on Patreon. Patreon is a platform that enables creatives like us to get paid, and we are thankful. It takes time and money to put together the podcasts and pay for the hosting. So you guys really help make this podcast possible. And you can find out more information at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash right from the deep. Thanks so much to our December sponsor of the month, Katie Astor. She's hard at work on her novel, Kingdom of Azure, and we're excited to see how it turns out. And another thanks for our sponsorship from Novel Marketing Podcast with host Thomas Umstead Jr. And we love this guy. He's so smart. (laughs) This is the longest running book marketing podcast in the world. And um, the podcast is full of all kinds of great information and advice, you guys, like Novel Marketing's Ten Commandments of Book Marketing, which we've been talking about. And this week, we're going to focus on commandment number five, thou shalt not dig thy well whilst thou art thirsty. I'm saying that that 10 times fast. (laughs) It takes time and money to develop your craft and build your platform. So a successful writing journey isn't an overnight trip. Those overnight successes were not overnight successes. (laughs) Don't fall prey to anyone who promises you overnight success. You have to plan ahead and work at a pace you can sustain over the long haul. Right, and be leery of anyone who offers you an instant audience for a price or who offers instant sales. Typically, these people are better at taking your money than anything else, and they're taking advantage of your desire to make a quick profit from your writing. So instead, create a budget for both your time and your money, and it's fine no matter how small the amount. Stick to the budget. You know, don't go into debt. Don't bet the farm. Your goal basically is steady growth over the long term. From more book promotion and platform help, listen to Novel Marketing in your favorite podcast app or at novelmarketing.com. We've also been sharing wonders with you, and I have a pretty cool wonder that actually Erin told me I should share. So I was explaining to her that we've been packing up our home, two homes on our property for moving. We're moving up north to Washington State. And um, as I've been going through everything that has gathered here, low these 18 years, <laughs> I have found so many cool things from my parents and grandparents, letters and notes. I found a letter from my mom to me that I didn't even remember, and it was just full of so much truth, and and I was both convicted and encouraged again as I read it. I found a letter from my dad to my brother shortly after he'd gone into the Marines. Dad was in the Navy, and he wrote him a six-page letter. My dad never writes letters, but he, he wrote him a six-page letter about not losing 
um, not losing sight of what it takes to be a man of God, that he knew how easy it was for men in the military to lose sight of what it really means to be a man in God's eyes. And so I showed that letter to my husband, and we were both so blessed by it. So it's been interesting. It's been a, a trip some down memory lane, which has been wonderful, but it's also been discovering new things and new facets of family members that are gone now. So it's been like a little visit from them, and that indeed is a wonder. Cool. Okay, and now, here's Here's the the show. show. Welcome, listeners. We're into early December now in the deep, (laughs) and we're in the midst deep in the holiday season. For some of us, you know, we're feeling perhaps frantic and hurried, perhaps with writing deadlines or, I don't know, holiday parties or chaotic households or even just trying to buy a Christmas present, Um, disrupted supply chains, anyone? (laughs) We don't want this holiday season to be just another event that you struggle to survive. Instead, we want you to thrive. So let's talk about some of the ways we can do that as writers. First, let's deal with the practical aspects of whether we even try to write during the holiday season. We've asked for input from other writers and editors, so we'll be reading parts of their answers and adding some of our own thoughts. Yeah, and let's first deal with the question of whether it's unprofessional, say, to be like, hey, I'm a writer or an editor, and then not write or edit during the holidays. Is that unprofessional? Well, author and editor Karen Beery has this to say. Skipping meetings and missing deadlines is unprofessional, but taking time off for the holidays isn't inherently unprofessional. I choose to take two weeks off every year at Christmas because I travel to see family and spend time relaxing at home. I don't take any clients during that time, and I let my current ones know that I'll be unavailable during that time period. I've never had a problem. You guys, I love the fact that she lets people know she's out of the office. I think that's a great idea so that you don't have to feel bad if you get an email. People know what to expect. You're not in the office. That's one of the joys of owning my own freelance business. I make my own hours. I plan ahead to make sure it'll work. My husband works his traditional job, but he's been able to take 10 days off at Christmas each year for several years now with three different employers. I know several editors, agents, and writers who work through the holidays. If that works for them, that's great. It's not my preference, though. That doesn't mean they're more professional than I am. It just means we have different priorities. Hmm. And Hallie Bridgman adds this, For some writers, children being home in unusual times means you can't write. I never used to schedule writing time during children's school vacations. I worked vacation time into their vacation times and didn't even try. I had all the school holidays off of work and summer breaks to boot. And I've written 36 books in nine years, so I think I'm doing pretty well maintaining a professional standard. Yes, I would say so. Well done. (laughs) Um, Best-selling writer Deb Rainey says, one of the reasons I chose writing as a career was because it would allow me to work from home, schedule my deadlines around my kids being home in the summer, and take vacation time as needed. She agrees that we should be professional in our conduct, but then she says, many people choose jobs based on the flexibility of hours and free time. That's perk of being a writer. So I wouldn't hesitate to take advantage of it as long as I'm not delaying my publisher or failing to hold up my end of the financial income for my family. Mm, Good. 
It's interesting to me, though, that someone would even ask the question of whether it's professional to take a break. Most professions get vacation time over the holidays. Most jobs, most employers give you vacation time. Taking time off does not make you unprofessional. In fact, I count myself in that group of professionals who take time off because family, for many of us, is our number two priority. You know, God, of course, is number one. But we spend extra time during the holidays to focus on family and friends to celebrate Christ and draw closer to him and each other. I mean, that doesn't mean we're not professional in our job as writers. In fact, I've always found that taking that time off and focusing on other things refreshes my creative juices. So not only do I do it first and foremost, because I want to and I can, (laughs) but also because it's beneficial for me in my writing. Right. Rest is good. (laughs) Dale Pilata says, for me, writing during the holidays means wrapping up my tasks at least two weeks before Christmas so I can devote time to my family and the season. She says, I usually put up a Christmas blog, uh, which I write ahead and post right before Christmas. If I have a deadline to submit edits or a finished product by Christmas, I complete the work early, even though I might go over it right before the deadline. As for social media during this time of year, I limit my posts, and many of them pertain to Christmas. I send a Christmas newsletter, but like to have it finished and emailed around the first week in December. I I like how these tips can really help your holiday season feel more relaxed, you know, get stuff done ahead if you can. We do understand, though, that there are those who can't take time off. After all, sometimes you don't have control over your deadline. Kara Putnam, again, another best-selling writer, can relate. In fact, she says this, I learned this one the hard way. Be realistic about the family and holiday commitments. Then be relentless to write around them. Invariably, I've had books due January 1st to the 15th. (laughs) That's a nightmare to me to have (laughs) books due then, but she's right. You purpose to take time and then to write around the celebrations. Right, and I love that it's about being realistic. You know, sometimes we're too much of an optimistic person. You know, we think we're going to get more done than normal, and suddenly we're going to have more discipline than normal. But, you know, picturing everybody sitting around, you know, the fireplace and watching It's a Wonderful Life or something, it's that like we don't want to run off and write a book right then. So we have to plan ways to do our best to adjust our schedule. Maybe, as we said, writing before the holidays more if you can, or at least getting your family on board with helping you so that if you do have to write some, you know, they're, they're understanding of that. Tamara Alexander, another best-selling writer, says, I mark off the last two weeks of December, always, between Belmont and neighborhood parties and annual friends parties, and then cooking and baking and hosting everyone from the middle of December through the first few days of January. That's off time for me. So basically, I write up until mid-December, then totally surrender to the season. How (laughs) awesome is that, you guys? Surrender to the season. And she finishes up. Then I come back in January and start again. (laughs) That is a great phrase, surrendering to the season. You know, and for many people surrendering to the season is parties and celebrating. And I love that God himself celebrates things. In fact, um, Zephaniah 317, we get a picture of him celebrating. This is what it says. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Guys, that's celebrating. And if God celebrates, then, you know, we, his image bearers, we should celebrate. 
You know, psychologist Polly Campbell in an online article for psychologytoday.com says any celebration, big or small, is really about taking a beat to notice the good stuff in your life. It can also be a reminder of our talents and abilities, skills and persistence. Drawing on those things can motivate us to keep working toward our goals. Mm. It's so important to be purposeful about celebration, not just at the holidays, but all the time. Campbell says doing so, quote, boosts our well-being. Unquote. And who among us couldn't use a good well being boost? Right. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Me. Social psychologist researcher Fred Bryant is among those who say stopping to savor the good stuff helps create a buffer against the bad and build resilience. Campbell stresses that even mini celebrations can plump up the positive emotions, Mm. which make it easier to manage the daily challenges that cause major stress. When we have something to look forward to, we feel more optimistic. Mm. I think that's absolutely true. I, I think that having something to look forward to and then really giving yourself up to that celebration and savoring it, that is so important. Right, and Christmas is the perfect time to celebrate, right? Exactly. Gail Pilata says, I see the Christmas season as a time to remember Christ's coming and the great sacrifice he made for us and a time to do what I can to spread joy to others. Of course, we should always do that, but Christmas calls us to focus more intensely on Jesus and what our faith means to us and what we should do for others because we are blessed. I'm spiritually refreshed, most especially at the Christmas Eve service, and that in turn spills over into my writing. And I love that she's talking here about being spiritually refreshed. That's so important. And I think there are ways, too, that we can be creatively uh, refreshed during the holidays as well. Writer Lori Sibley says, I try to remember that thinking about my story, reading lovely books, being in cozy Christmassy settings, reflecting on our Savior, and maybe squeezing in a romantic date, it all counts as, quote, research Mm. and writing, even if they're not actually the act of putting the story down on the paper. So if there's not time to scribe during the few weeks around Christmas or while the family's in town, I can still be engaged in the process of writing. Then I'm refreshed and ready to get back to a more regular writing schedule when January arrives. Love that. And I think it's important, you know, as creators, as imitators of God, our creator, we need to be stretching our creative muscles in whatever way we can. In Todd Henry's book called The Accidental Creative, he talks about unnecessary creativity. I love this phrase. Basically, it's doing things like doing creative things without any pressure of performance or that it has to lead to something great or anything that you're going to judge. It's not that. It's just creating for the sake of creating creating. And I mean, I guess an example is like when I take pictures of birds. I just, I like to take pictures of birds and I like to look at them and I like to see God's handiwork. That's just unnecessary creativity for me, but I love it. Giving ourselves permission and even encouragement to do things like that because we're inspired by the holiday season, that's a great way to nourish ourselves and thrive during the season. You know, I have a good friend who bakes a lot. Um, A lot of you have probably heard of her, author Lori Benton. And she is an amazing baker. And she creates these cookie 
things that that are so remarkable one year with chocolate kisses and and something else she made these christmas mice cookies for us <laughs> it, it's so amazing to see her creativity come out in those other outlets um in the way that we decorate we can express our creativity in the way that we even just walk around and savor god's creation that is knowing that we are creatives that god is a creative and because of him we have so much beauty to savor, making gifts, giving gifts, doing whatever you want, singing. All of that is a way to express your creativity in activities other than writing. Right. And dare I say (laughs) that even house cleaning that you might do around the holidays, it can feel refreshing. I mean, for me, if I'm having company, it is nice to have a cleaner house if possible. I might even be persuaded to clean the refrigerator (laughs) so that, you know, (laughs) all my Christmas stuff will fit in it. But uh, yes, okay, cleaning can be tiring. But for me, that kind of thing is creating order out of chaos. And for me, that gives me a sense of peace and of calm. It's refreshing for me to have things clean and tidy. I almost feel as though Thanksgiving is that point where you kind of start getting ready for the Christmas holidays. You yeah. you celebrate and you savor Thanksgiving, but we need to carry that spirit of gratitude, that spirit of Thanksgiving throughout the entire season, all the way into the new year to help prompt us to be grateful through the new year that's coming. One way to do that is you can create a gratitude box and you can have everybody who's going to be around for either Thanksgiving or Christmas write on little slips of paper or what they're grateful for. And you drop those in there. And then you have a time either after a meal, before a meal, when you take those out and you read them to each other. I just think it's amazing to share gratitude with each other. I see a lot of people online on social media who have X number of days of gratitude and post what they're Mm. grateful about or post pictures of what they're grateful about. Um, Being thankful for it. You share those things you're grateful for with the family. Whatever it is, let's extend that spirit of gratitude from Thanksgiving all the way through the year. Yeah. And now we don't want to forget that for some, the holiday season can be a painful reminder of loss, you know, of friends and family. They miss maybe loneliness, difficult health issues, grief, of all of these things. Um, I like what Gail Kittleson said. She says, Years ago, I read about Advent being the season of darkness and possibility. With the increased awareness of losses in our lives that comes with the holidays, I make it a point to try to embrace both the darkness, part of being a whole human being, and the possibilities. With all kinds of things to detract from the true meaning of Jesus's birth, I attempt to focus on how he's with us, Emmanuel, regardless of our challenges any particular year. And of course, that brings us to the wonderful possibilities of growth, serenity, and peace, at least in our own spheres. She goes on to say that remembering gratitude, depths and heights of the year gone by, topics like these seem to come naturally during this time. Memoir-like or creative nonfiction, if you like, snippets or essays that surface and beg to be written down. So Mm. you can journal, you can write these little things down. You can never tell when these nuggets of things that you're feeling or or that are coming to your mind, whether those are going to ultimately end up in a book or if they're just something that God wants you to jot down for yourself, for your own heart and your own spirit. You know, in my family, the holidays 
any holiday, but especially <laughs> Thanksgiving through New Year's, overflowed with fun and laughter and worship. My mom was the queen of celebration. I'm not kidding, guys. I mean, Valentine's Day, all the food was red, all the paper plates <laughs> were red, the cups were red, the beverage was red. It's my mom was just an amazing woman when it came to celebration, and she instilled that same love of celebration in me. So when she died and those holidays came around that that year after she died, it was so painful to realize how different everything was without her and and how much I felt the loss of her in the celebration. But because she'd instilled that love in me so deep, after I came out of that, that haze of grief, I started to make a conscious effort to make new traditions and new ways to celebrate, ways that honored her, but that also established new traditions for us without her there. I had to do the same thing in 2016 after my dad died. You know, when you lose people who are an integral part of your celebrations, it's important to give yourself time to grieve, no matter how long that takes take that time. But a day will come when the memories of them bring smiles and gratitude instead of the grief and the sadness. That's a great time to stop. Reevaluate your celebrations and then make them, like I said, both an honoring of those who are gone and a celebration of all we still have. Yeah. And one last thing that we want to mention to help us thrive is to use the holiday season to remind us to reflect, recenter, refocus for the next year. Writer Christy Bass Adams says, what I typically do as a writer over the Christmas holidays is pick a book that is deep and has a thought-provoking theme, something that will lead me to a place of reflection about the year behind and toward a place of anticipation and planning for the year to come. As I read the book, I make time to journal about what I'm learning and pick out the pieces I want to focus on in the new year. Lots of self-reflection about success and failure and future directions, a time to recenter. I think this is a great idea, especially once you get in that time between Christmas and New Year's Day. You know, our schedule might be at that point a little bit more relaxed. Maybe we've enjoyed time with family and friends. We've eaten good food. And in my case, I have leftovers and I don't have to cook. So it's <laughs> always great. But it feels like a good time to open ourselves to new ideas for the new year and to pray and to ponder our focus in that quietness and what we want the coming year to look like, what changes we might want to make or what new things we want to welcome. And you know, for most writers, they have these swelling, continually growing TBR piles, the to-be-read books <laughs> yes. that are teetering and about to collapse on top of everything. Use the holidays to read. Reading is so important if you're a writer. All those books on your TBR pile, all the books loading down your e-reader, take time over the holidays. Purpose to read. Highlight what you like or love in those books. Make notes that you can come back to and that will help you in your writing. You know, reading is an excellent way to refresh your creativity. And since reading is part of your job as right. a writer, you can even feel good about doing it. <laughs> For sure. So what are we saying? We're saying that taking time over the holidays to savor and to celebrate is imperative for creatives. You as a writer need to stop pressing your nose to the grindstone, 
all the time and not being able to take advantage and savor these times of celebration with family and friends. We've got to give ourselves time to refresh and to let our creativity spark again because we're not thinking about writing. We're not actually writing. It's not unprofessional to take time off over the holidays. You need to focus on family and friends. God calls us to celebrate, to come and worship, to enter into the wonder of the holidays. Let's do that with an open heart, knowing that He is the the one in control of what we do for him. He's the one in control of what we write for him and when we write it. And if he gives us freedom to take time off, then we need to do that and we need to savor it and come out of it with a spirit of gratitude and a renewed sense of anticipation with what we're going to write in order to share his gospel with a world that is so trapped in darkness and that desperately needs his truth. So as this holiday season comes up, give yourself a break. Let yourself take time to savor. Look at your friends. Look at your family. Look at the many blessings that God has given you. And know you are loved. You are blessed. And once we can take that in and really make it a part of who we are and a part of this holiday season, we can then be ready to put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard and start again to write the message God has given us. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at writefromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same.